we'll see how much water I can squeeze out of this proverbial rock out of this knot stone yeah <laughs> there you go see what I did there yeah I got it Howdy, it's Sunday, February 17th, 2019, and this is episode 92 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Happy to have you back. I missed you. You were <laughs> thousands of miles away, and that's just not going to cut it. I didn't know that that's where we were going to go at the start of this episode, <laughs> but I guess I'm glad to be back. On a very special episode of Do For yes. A Win. In your warm embrace. Yeah. Uh... So, 1992, what happened? (laughs) There's some controversy Uh, about this. Yeah, a little controversy. So, I I was checking out the internet to see what had happened in 1992. And according to the New York Times, uh, they had added 24-hour weekend gambling in Atlantic City in 1992. Which, for observant listeners, you may think is strange because we used that as our (laughs) 1991 thing last week. So, what's going on, Craig? Uh, I'm going to side with the press of Atlantic City here, not the paper of record, the New York Times. Uh, Press of Atlantic City says June, 19, June 1991, <laughs> the struggling New York Times, the failing New York Times. That's uh, right. Failing even back in 1991. So Press of AC says June 1991 was when they approved 24-hour gaming weekends and certain holidays. And that in 1992 is when they approved 24-7, 365 gambling. And I read the article, and I'll link to it just to prove it, uh, that in 1992 we got... Non-stop gambling. Casinos never had to close. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm sure one of our smarter listeners than us will tell us what really happened. But I found that and just wanted to throw that out there and get your response. We probably have listeners who were there. So they should be able to tell us for one thing. Yeah, we were nine. So <laughs> I I do have something else for 1992. I know it's not in the agenda, but I have to save some some secrets for you. But would you like to guess what fine establishment opened in 1992 in Atlantic City? The Sands. No, we talked about that last time. It's not The Sands. Opened yeah, in 1992. Was it something else before it was what it... I have no idea, but it's also not a casino, so... Oh. Not a casino. The Piccadilly. That is correct. What a guess. That's 1992, amazing. The Piccadilly, also known as the world's greatest bar open up <laughs> <laughs> the one bar you must go to yes. if you're coming in from out of town I, I did listen to your appearance on the fanboy by the way and i'm once again appalled just as i was with the your murano appearance to hear the dribble that is cut that you're spreading around the world i thought it was very transparent about <laughs> what you're getting yourself into and that it's not for everybody yeah, it's not for anyone under the age of 65, but if you're like 70 plus, you're going to love the Irish pub. It's so it's good. It's going to be great. So fun. I want to <laughs> so be there right now. So fun. All the My favorite part agree. about me talking about this again is that it's pissing off friend and Facebook group moderator, Terry, because he hates how much I talk about it. <laughs> we could talk about chickens and peats instead. I have plenty oh, yeah. to say about chickies, chickies and peats. Crab fries. They're you can get them be- for free. Their beer list is quite good if you want local New Jersey beer. I looked it up because I was asked, where's a good place to go for beer? 
Were you asked by our sponsor, Chicky the Beast? So they were like, hey, come up with a list of where the best place is to get local New Jersey craft beer just off the casino floor in Tropicana. That's right. And I was like, borrow a lot. And they were like, that's not the answer. That's absolutely not, sir. (laughs) Anyways. Try again. Should we talk about... I'll tell you what is not the best place to get beer in Tropicana. The tables. Because they won't bring it to you. (laughs) Yes, you'll be waiting quite a long time. Uh, Yes. So basically anywhere beats the tables. Yeah. At specifically the Asian room. Oh, man. Yeah, they just do not come in there. No. Which is weird. Most places the service in the Asian room is excellent. Uh, Is it weird? Because I'm often the only person in that room, so... I guess it's not that strange when you look at it through that lens. I think we're going to need to do some demographic surveys on who likes what casinos because maybe the Asians just don't like Tropicana. Maybe crickets. I mean, anyways, I'm Asian and I don't like Tropicana, so (laughs) somewhat Asian. Asian enough. I yes, defy all labels. I see all all labels. (laughs) I mean, maybe some labels I don't, but. Uh, speaking of Asia, any anyway, <laughs> man, that's so good. What a good segue! <laughs> you went to Hong Kong and Macau. I did. We talked about this last episode. Yeah, and I asked, now. asked you a bunch of questions I should have saved until you actually back when you had the chance to experience them. Um. Well, here I am. So, what did you think? Was it awesome? It was very cool. Uh, it was a really fun time, and I'm glad I did it. So, should I just run down my list of questions here? Yeah, ask what you want. I don't have, like I told you coming into this, I don't have like a soliloquy prepared, so. Sure. So, you know, if you listen to the last episode, you'll know sort of what generally the itinerary was. Uh, Six hotels and six nights. Is that right? Yep. That that is correct. Um, So, I mean, my first question is. They're all quite far apart, too. None of the, like, no adjacent hotel, like, night adjacent hotel date adjacent hotel was like particularly physically close to one previous or following like one before or after it do you feel fine with that decision or were you like oh it would have been nice to have like two nights in some place so i could actually like put my bag down for a minute (laughs) no it was it was good i think well just given like the schedule we kept which was pretty insane i think like we were just it was like forty thousand steps a day that i was doing and seeing everything or at least trying to I think it was cool. Uh, so, how like was... there wasn't much resting in the room, regardless. So, yeah, like the changing wasn't a big deal because we were traveling around so much anyway. You didn't feel like it took away from your chances to do all that running around, or was that like part of the running around? It was. It was part of the running around. So, uh, like one of the things that we did was like at least in Hong Kong specifically, like we had some very specific Chinese New Year stuff we were going to do, and like the hotels were in the areas that we needed to do those things like at least the first two days of the trip so like we wanted to really see the fireworks and from the kowloon side of the harbor the first night so we stayed in kowloon and then we were up in uh shatin because we really wanted to do the big new year's racing like horse racing which is in shatin so we stayed right next to that on the second day so so how was Hong Kong during Chinese New Year? Was it completely bonkers or? Um, no, not really. I mean, I don't. Really? Yeah. It didn't Shocked. seem especially crazy. I mean, in fact, a lot of stuff was closed there, I think, for Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of stuff was open as well. It wasn't a big deal. But, like, definitely plenty of the 
shops. Like, I guess all the shops there, like, they have, like, the metal garage door looking things up front. And a lot of them were closed with, like, red, like, some red sticker on it with Chinese characters and some dates that meant, like, hey, we're gone for Chinese New Year for these dates. So I, I don't know much about Hong Kong at all, but the way I imagine it is just, like, Times Square on steroids. Is that fairly accurate? Um, I don't think it's wholly inaccurate. I think Hong Kong is definitely the cityest city that I've ever been to in my <laughs> life. Like, there's never been a city that's been more city than Hong Kong. Okay. I think that's probably a good so, description. Yeah. How many? I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, like, totally inaccurate, what you said. I mean, it's just, it's crazy and like the cr- really crazy thing is it's like there's in all kinds of cities there's like really dense areas but the dense areas just like keep going in hong kong right yeah so is it manageable to get places then or are you just always just in this like swarm of people and you can't even get it wasn't really like i didn't notice the quantity of people like honestly in, in hong kong at all in what? macau it was a bit of a different story i think but i mean hong kong's such a big spread out city that uh, like we didn't have any problems with anything uh so you talked about like going all over the place and doing sightseeing Mm -hmm. you did hiking is that right we did a lot of hiking yes or walking around i guess i don't know i mean we did some hiking too like actual hiking but a lot of it was just walking around the same things it wasn't really you know checking off boxes on a checklist necessarily i mean there were a couple things i wanted to do like hiking to the top of victoria peak that we we did but yeah, I think it's it's good to keep yourself out of the checking off boxes mindset. I find it very hard to do that for myself, and that's why I get stressed about trips. But uh, good job not doing that. So is there anything Hong Kong-related you feel like you need to, you have to do before we get into Macau stuff? Um, Like have to talk about, you mean? Well, I mean, if, if somebody's like going if to someone Hong was Kong, traveling yeah. to Hong Kong, like what do they need to do? Right. Um... I think one of the coolest things we did was went to like a very authentic dim sum place and sat down with a table full of, you know, obviously Chinese people at being Hong Kong uh, that, you know, only spoke Chinese and were spending their time basically laughing at everything we did. But it was it was a pretty <laughs> cool experience. So like that was that was really neat. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I don't know. It just depends on what you want to do. I mean, just like walking through the markets in Kowloon was pretty intense like temple street and just walking through mongkok and stuff like that it's i mean it, it is sort of like that part is sort of like Times square on steroids uh so macau stuff can we transition to macau sure so how many casinos did you get to do you know um, did you count so we went to all of the properties in kotai oh my god okay uh i mean it's not that many it's like five properties or something so um we didn't go to like that many necessarily on the peninsula though just that we didn't spend a ton of time on the peninsula um so and like in terms of like how many casinos did i actually gamble at it was three i think total so it wasn't even that many like a lot of them were just walking through to see them and try to experience them as much as you can without gambling there uh but so uh, we did go to the diamond inn which i know everyone will be very excited about (laughs) being that's we that's the casino in the holiday inn that we stayed at Uh, and i gambled there a bunch the first night um tiles 
Uh, so unfortunately for uh, Justin from the Facebook group, I did not play a single hand of tiles out there the entire time. So. Amazing. Yeah. It was, uh, Jim from so New York's going to be disappointed in you. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's like there's tiles basically nowhere in Macau. Like it's very rare. And there was one table in uh, the Diamond Inn, but it was like packed the entire night that we gambled there. So I played Blackjack instead. Take the hint, Macau. Get some tiles <laughs> tables. They're packed. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's It was weird that it wasn't really around a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we could talk a little bit more about the casinos generally in a bit, but the game selection was insane like not insane as in broad but insane and like it's legitimately 95 percent baccarat <laughs> like it, it's you've never seen anything like it uh like so what, it, in a casino like let's say galaxy that has like maybe 100 let's say it has 100 tables on four i don't know if that's accurate at, not, at, at all or not but you know if a casino has 100 tables legitimately like 94 of them are going to be baccarat wow that's crazy <laughs> Uh, so getting into the gambling, did you have any favorite casino properties that you walked through or played at? Or was um, it all right. So like, just to talk about where I played at, like I said, I played at the diamond Inn, which was really spectacular. So one of the things about diamond Inn, it's about like all the casinos in Macau, like it's no smoking in the casinos, but they have little smoking rooms for the most part that you can go and smoke in. I'm told a casino cannot succeed without allowing smoking on the casino. Floor. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Macau is trying to buck that trend, but. Like I said, there's smoking rooms everywhere, or almost everywhere, but there's not in the Diamond Inn. So (laughs) what they did instead is, uh, you know, I was playing there for a while, and I had to run to the bathroom. And you walk into the men's room, and there's like six dudes smoking in the men's room (laughs) with like, you know, there's like no smoking signs all over it. And there's like a sink, and it's like legitimately halfway full up with just used cigarette butts. Wow. It was spectacular. That's amazing. So, so that's like my a, diamond in experience. A divey casino? Yeah, it was, that, it, it was okay. in, insanely divey. Oh, interesting. Because that's, I yeah. mean, that paints the picture. Certainly. Oh, yeah. So just to take a step back from casinos and kind of like my first experience with, with Macau. So when you're in Hong Kong, to go to Macau, you go to this, basically everything in Hong Kong is a shopping mall, more or less. So you go to this shopping mall, which is also has the ferry terminal to Macau. And so we went there and bought our tickets. And just for the people who were curious, we did not buy them in advance. We just went there and bought them and it was fine. So we bought our tickets to go to Macau. And like there's a hundred travel agencies up on the floor where they sell the tickets that, you know, I guess they can sell hotel rooms and other stuff. But there's also these like kiosks that have, you know, all in Chinese, but like pictures of like girls in lingerie and prices. (laughs) And I'm like all right, I can guess what this is for, right? Like, I don't know Chinese, but like, I can imagine, you know, massage services or something. But, uh, so I saw that and I'm like, uh-huh, that's, so this is going to be a lot different than Hong Kong. Cause like Hong Kong, it was like very like buttoned up and like, you know, none, not nothing like that at all. Certainly. And, uh, so yeah, anyway, that it was, you know, these scantily clad girls, like actually like, you know, pictures of them in kiosks in the mall that I guess you could order ahead for going to Macau. (laughs) Wow. And uh, so I'm like, all right, so that's what we're going to do. And so we get to Macau and there's like strewn over the the floor of the terminal in Macau is like, you know, slapper cards of girls. And it's like, all right, you know, feels like 
it feels very familiar in that way, I guess. And and then yeah, yeah. The best part is we check into the Holiday Inn, which is like, you know, as Han put it when he was talking to me about it, he's like, you know, that's not a nice hotel, right? But you know, one of the things written on like the check-in form or like on your key card or something in big letters is like absolutely no visitors allowed between midnight and 8 a.m and i'm like whoa dude like where what like what is this place that i like took my friends to (laughs) Uh, so like just seeing that as like the first couple things in macau i'm like man this place is gonna be like totally nuts like with like you know tons of prostitution in the open but it actually wasn't like that at all i think it was just like just seeing those things kind of got it off to the wrong foot, but there was like actually like pretty clean. Like I didn't really see any evidence of prostitution at all, other than the slapper cards. You know, much unlike the Vegas Strip, where you know if you're walking back to your hotel anytime at night, you're going to get proposition eight times for every block you walk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and so anyway, like my first impression was that like it was going to be this like completely lawless, you know place of you know prostitution and whatever but it didn't actually seem like it was like that at all so were you disappointed uh it was just surprising like i was surprised both what i like yeah i mean the big thing was like no visitors allowed between midnight and eight i'm like whoa like the fact that they had to write that like you know prostitution obviously must just be like a huge thing here but as far as i could tell it really wasn't um okay so anyway back back to casinos uh yeah, so we played at the Diamond and some on the peninsula. We walked through at least, you know, both Lisboa's, uh, like Old Lisboa and Grand Lisboa, uh, which, by the way, both of them were, like, absolutely insane. Like, couldn't even move on the casino floor, basically. Wow. Um, we walked through the MGM. We walked through the Wynn. And then I actually played for a little while at Star World, which I thought was a pretty nice casino i played blackjack there as well and won a bunch of money and something that happened kind of over and over on this trip is like anytime i sat down and played at a table like i would generate a humongous crowd (laughs) and like people love betting on me and you know i think i was exotic is that fun or is that or do you are you someone like me who's like i don't want this attention uh I, i don't have a problem with it so I know we've talked about my trip to Bucharest in the past. I know, like, it's kind of similar there where people can bet on you or whatever. And I know, like, there was one time that some guy bet on me. And, you know, I'd, like, saw 13 against a 3 or, you know, it was something that I should have doubled. So I did double and I got, like, a 2. And this guy that bet on me was, like, mega pissed off. And I'm like, (laughs) well, dude, you shouldn't bet on me if you don't want me to make the right decision. You know, it's like I got some card that I would obviously hit again if I had the opportunity to, but... But you doubled, yeah. But I doubled, so that was not what I had done. And I think he used, like, a... uh, Like, some sort of promotional chip, so he didn't even end up doubling his bet. So, that he just lost. And I was like, well, that's what you get. But anyway, like, it doesn't bother me at all that people are betting on me or whatever. Like, when I was at Star World, a guy bought in for 3000 behind me and put it on me in one bet, so... Did which you, is quite a win? bit of money. That's no, I think he he, he lost, but that's yeah. like four hundred bucks or so U.S. So how how did you gambling wise? Oh, I did, I did incredibly well. Awesome. I won at everything I I touched. So it was a incredibly incredibly successful trip in terms of that. So so you didn't transfer any of your currency back. You have all the Hong Kong dollars. Uh, yeah, no, I we I did that the the last morning I was in Macau. I transferred it back for a pretty decent rate and. 
do not have any Hong Kong dollars, nice. which is for the best because I don't have any use for them. <laughs> no, you keep them and then you're like, honey, I got to go back. Like I yeah. have no use. You can't exchange these here. Right. It's literally against the law. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that law. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's one that, you know, only gets mentioned about in Hong Kong dollars <laughs> in, yeah, in gamblers houses when they want to go back to Macau. Uh, but uh so yeah anyway i played a star world on the peninsula and then we left to, we went down to colon uh which is like the very south part of the island it stayed down there and did some walks that day but that was a like the second day was a totally or that you know while we were staying in that property it was totally casino free because it's not really near anything but it was cool uh so last gambling question mm-hmm. is there anything that you played there that you're now like i need to play that in atlantic city so I thought Baccarat was pretty cool. Like, touchy cards, Baccarat. It was definitely enjoyable. Um, will I play it in Atlantic City? I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's a bit pricey in Atlantic City. I think to touch the cards, it's at least 100 a hand for the most part. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot for basically playing war. Yeah. The casino. But you get to touch the cards great. <laughs> you get to point. bend them. Yeah. It's like the $80 bending the cards fee. Yes. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I also played Sickbo, which was kind of a new game, which is just, by the way, just an awful game. Like, not good. Like, all the odds are just horrific, especially with the Macau rules. With the exception, when I played, I only bet big and small, which, because those bets are only like 2.5% house edge, but like all the other bets are like 20 plus percent for the most part. So I had read a little bit about Sickbo. Sickbo is apparently very hard to find in the U.S., except not in Atlantic City. It's yeah, Atlantic pretty City regularly is pretty available popular, in apparently. City. But yeah. I don't remember really seeing it. Yeah, I mean, you'd think it would be in the Asian rooms, but I, yeah, I can't really... I know that I've seen it, but I don't know that I would it's guess prevalent. it's probably in the high-limit rooms, if it's anywhere. Uh, yeah, maybe. But I... Because I, I read that on The Wizard of Oz, too. But I don't really remember seeing it a whole lot. I definitely remember seeing it when we started going and being mm-hmm. like, what is sick bow? And thinking it was like skip bow. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's sit down. Unfortunately, I did not see, uh, I wanted to see, um, is it Fantan? Yes. The game with the, with the sticks and the yeah stones or whatever, but I did not see that anywhere. Yeah. So I did not get to experience that, unfortunately. But yeah, anyway, went to, also went to all the casinos in Kadai, but played a bunch at the Galaxy, which is where we stayed, which was a nice casino. It was a little pricey, but... Like nothing was under five hundred a hand, which Ooh. is like sixty bucks or That's something. A lot. Yeah, it's a little pricey. She rich for my blood, but it's like that everywhere in Katai, I think. So yeah, walk through the the Venetian and the Parisian down to Studio City and across to the Sands, and then checked out MGM, win, and then came back through City of Dreams back to Galaxy. So, so it's just a ridiculous experience in terms of wandering around. Um, so. I really liked the peninsula a lot. Like I thought the peninsula was very cool and seemed authentic's the wrong word. Cause it's obviously like parts of it, like especially when you get near the ruins are very touristy, but there are definitely authentic parts. And like Katai, it's just, it, it is basically the Vegas strip to me. There's not a whole lot of difference there. And like, I like the Vegas strip, right. so that's yeah. fine. <laughs> like <laughs> that's it's a, not seems totally fine. a negative, but <laughs> so f- some last question. Well, well, eating and drinking, did you do mostly like local stuff or did you eat at the casinos? Yeah, we basically did. So I, I think 
and like maybe if you were there it would be a bit more clear but like eating at the casinos like we ate in the food court like in sands in katai and like that's eating in the food courts is like a very local experience even if it's at the casinos just because like some of the same cultural norms that i talked a little bit about in dim sum like earn play there like getting a table in the food court is like a full contact activity (laughs) and like there's just like differences between like chinese culture and western culture and like one of them is just getting the tables like it's definitely takes some doing but once you get used to it it's fine and you're like all right i just need to like stand here and be ready to like box out aggressively when anyone shows the slightest sign of standing up <laughs> nice so yeah we we did eat at the sans food court but yeah for the most part we ate food off the streets you know we did the big tourist thing and walked around uh old taipa which is right across the street from galaxy which unfortunately you know type is the one part of the island i didn't really explore at all or the one part of Macau I didn't explore at all, other than Old Taipo, which is a very small and very touristy area. Um, yeah, but, I mean, we did most of our breakfasts at the hotels we were staying in and stuff, I would say. But, yeah, we'd eat a bunch of food off the street and things like that. You know, pork buns and shumai and, you know, all the other good stuff. Did you drink a significant amount or is that hard to come by? Well, it's not hard to come by at all, but it is hard to Carter to come by in the casinos for sure. Like, you know, it's not something you can get complimentary at the casinos. And I specifically asked at the Galaxy, and they're like, "No, you have to go pay for that." <laughs> so, I mean, to me, and I think for a lot of people who go to Atlantic City and Vegas, you know, drinking and gambling just go hand in hand. Yeah, it's not like that. So did you, were you just, you know, less buzzed than you would normally be at the... For sure. Casino? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we certainly drank a lot less than we would on a Vegas trip. 100%. Was that to its detriment? No, I mean, it was <laughs> good. And, you know, we still had plenty of beer, but it, it was a lot less than it would have been in Atlantic City or in Vegas. How is the beer? Uh, Not good. <laughs> local beer. like So Hong Kong, like the big local beer is San Miguel. It's not good. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound very Chinese at all. They have they have a bunch of like English beers are pretty big there though, and but like even English beers like I'm not for the most part wild about. So yeah, sounds like not the best scene for booze. There wasn't a bunch of craft beer. They didn't boast like 36 craft <laughs> beer mean, taps at the. There are there was some craft beer. <laughs> like there was some Hong Kong beer that we had. Oh. Like, There's like Hong Kong brewery. I think it was all right. It wasn't anything special though. Uh, so general recommendations, anything, someone visiting the first time, what, what do they have to do? I mean, just one more thing on alcohol. I mean, given there is a huge Portuguese influence in Macau specifically, like wine is a much bigger deal Mm. than beer in general, I think. And like port especially is like everywhere, but I think port is gross. So Andy had a lot of port though. That doesn't sound like what I want in my life. No, like super sugary wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's no. Uh, so anyway, what was your question? So if someone's visiting, they're used to mm-hmm. AC in Vegas, mm-hmm. what do they have to do or what do they have to I know? Think, I think, you know, if you want to have an experience that's similar to the one that you would have on Vegas, I think if you go to Kotai, you're going to have a very similar experience other than the games are going to be all Baccarat. But I mean, it's pretty easy to get to. I don't think there's a huge learning curve or whatever. And you can have like a really top notch Vegas style experience there. So for me, I this is not something I've really ever had much interest in. Right, going there. Um, would you say that I'm being a fool uh, and I should 
do it. I just knowing you and knowing the things you like, like I don't think it's worth your time. <laughs> knowing the things right, I like or knowing the things I get anxious about. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Okay. <laughs> like I mean, here's the thing. So it's like a you know, fifteen and a half hour flight or whatever. Right. And that's if you get it nonstop, it's gonna be way longer if you have to connect. Right? And like just for that amount of flight, like yeah, I mean Look, I, I think you would be happier just going to AC or Vegas, just knowing you and the person you are. and Sure. Like how Understandable. nervous you get about things. <laughs> uh, w- would you do the trip if you were not flying first or business class um, for 15 hours? I think so. Like if I had to buy a ticket, and certainly if I had to buy a ticket, I would buy economy because any other choice is ridiculous yeah. frankly um i would have thought it it wouldn't i mean so here's for me and i know i'm different than a bunch of other people especially a bunch of other people and kind of like the points world where they think flying like a really nice flight is like an experience in and of itself like for me it's not like it's not like i don't enjoy flying really it's not pleasant no matter what but it's certainly much much better in say business class then I've, I've never flown first but in business class than in economy and you know i've flown business before for actual business travel as well but uh yeah i, I would have done it in economy it would have been long but it would have been all right so are you aching to go back um look realistically i'm not going to go back for at least five years right like um, it's just not a thing that's going to happen so, but four years from now, are you going to be like, I should start planning my next Macau trip? I I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was cool. I thought Hong Kong was really cool too. I mean, there's I would add more stuff to it in that part of the world. I think. Sure. Right. I would do maybe instead of Hong Kong, I would try to do, you know, I don't know. I could do Taiwan, or I could do Singapore, or you know, you know, something something down there, right? Something in the general part of the world. But mm-hmm. I would totally swing by and check it out and you know see what new is open and yeah last question now that you've seen macau are you done with atlantic city forever uh i'm, I'm done with atlantic city for at least a month i'd say but <laughs> <laughs> was there ever a point where you're just there and you're like you know it'd be great being at the, wa- <laughs> no. being at the wild wild west right now <laughs> Abs- absolutely not that did not happen i had a great time i thought macau was awesome and i think if you have like the travel bug at all and you like casinos like i think it's a no-brainer to to try to do it cool so i'm glad you had a good time welcome back uh you're going to talk more about it i think on another podcast right yeah i should be recording sometime soon macaucast and you know it'll probably be released in a week or two i would guess but i don't really know so i'm looking forward to talking to those guys because they leave in a couple weeks i think for macau themselves yeah so look for that macaucast you should be able to find that quite easily on all your podcasts, whatever applications. Uh, should we get into actual Atlantic City stuff? Shift thousands upon thousands of miles westward. Yeah, we can we can probably do a few stories and talk about it. So, all right. So, what has happened in Atlantic City? Yeah, I with guess. you, First... you gone. Everything's happened. <laughs> Is the key if I just go on vacation, all kinds of interesting stuff goes down. I was thinking it's winter. It's going to be really slow. There's been a decent amount of news. Yeah. 
So the first thing, the Atlantic City Beard Music Festival has been announced for March 29th and 30th. And I know we've talked about it before because we've gone to an Atlantic City Beer Festival and both had a really fantastic time, I think. It's worth doing, I think, if you like beer in Atlantic City, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's gotten even bigger than it was when we went it's got it was become much when more, we went too so. yeah but it's like much more music focused now i think in terms of like they actually get reasonably well-known acts like the used i think is playing friday night which is i don't know fairly well known in certain circles <laughs> yeah. uh that type, type of music so uh, if you're interested in that they sell out i think fairly fast so yeah get on that it's you got about a month and a half before the you actual how much, event how much tickets are because i seem to remember paying like 40 for yeah i think they were in that i don't know if they're different now uh i'm not sure so the the sessions are friday night from 8 p.m to midnight uh saturday from noon to four and then saturday from six to ten so it's like these four hour sessions Mm -hmm. yeah and we did the saturday early afternoon session right yes i remember being very drunk and it was very sunny outside (laughs) yeah so um it's a it's a good time but yeah it's it's a little weird when you're just like hammered at four in the afternoon and you just mm. every like we all went back and took a nap i was stumbling back to yeah. valleys from the convention center i remember it quite well i guess vividly is the wrong word but i remember it let's put it that way <laughs> yeah it's a good time quite blurrily <laughs> uh looks like tickets i don't have it open yet 60 bucks mm. start at Ooh. 60 dollars yeah 16.85 um so yeah that's a lot um but it's a popular event. It's probably worth sixty bucks. I'd probably pay sixty bucks to go. I, certainly, if we were there that weekend, I would. I would pay my sixty bucks, especially if I was there that weekend in a time of my life before responsibility. Yeah, that's true. The crushing, crushing feeling of responsibility of having children. <laughs> <laughs> You're in AC. That's go there to have responsibility. <laughs> so, how about a total one eighty from the AC Beer and Music <laughs> Festival, which is complete debauchery and just everybody drunk out of their minds? Yeah. Uh, there's the Waking Dreams live action role playing festival at the Showboat April 25th to the 27th. Uh, thanks to Julian M who emailed us about this. It's at the Showboat. Like I said, I'll give you some of the marketing speak from their website. Waking Dreams will be taking place within the vast expanse of this former abandoned casino. Abandoned in quotes. Uh, for those who dare to walk strange roads, there can be no better destination for your journey. So. It seems like they're basically they want you to be in character the entire time for a whole weekend, <laughs> and they're really playing up this sort of like, you know, you're in this dream state kind of stuff. It was interesting to read about it. Not my it cup was, of tea, but yeah, I, I read like a bunch of the documents on the website, and it seemed like a lot. I think, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, you know, I'm someone that's, you know, I've talked about how I've gone to past or packs in the past and uh you know i played quite a bit of dungeons and dragons in my life so it's not like wholly foreign to me but it's a little much for for my taste i think but i understand why a lot of people like this and you know more power to them you've never done any larping in your day Uh, i never have no just regular rp not the la (laughs) (laughs) interesting yes so the other thing jersey boys of broadway fame will be playing at the Hard Rock from June 25th to July 21st. So they announced that uh, almost a month of shows, four weeks of shows at the Hard Rock. So kind of a Vegas-esque thing of effectively having one Broadway show every night at your casino. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's 
good, I guess. I don't know. What do you think of that? I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to test to see if it can be supported. And I guess if it can be supported, it's anywhere. It's probably hard yeah. rock. I mean, and it's in the summer and it's Jersey. It's very Jersey. So I feel like it'll do well. Hmm. I mean, Keep... it depends on like how big of like, how big is the theater or whatever they're putting it in? Yeah. That's like, is it quite small or cause I, like there's plenty of places that have like acts every night. Like I think even like resorts has acts basically every night, but yeah, I mean, it assuming... just depends on what the expectations are, I guess. Right. I mean, I'm assuming they're not going to put it in, like, you know, the lobby bar. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the reviews and, and see how it goes. I've seen Jersey Boys twice in theaters. So, oh, have you? you know, probably the one of two plays that I've seen twice. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, about it's, it. it's very good. If you're on the fence and you like musicals in the least, you should definitely go see it. Um, it's good. I can't imagine spending time that I've been in Atlantic City doing that. But you don't like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Mm. It's good stuff, man. Similarly, Wildwood, a short drive away from Atlantic City, uh-huh. very doo-wop centric. So also a lot of Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons there. It's there's a very South Jersey feeling to all of this, even though yeah. Frankie Valley's from Newark. But yeah, do Wildwood as a child. It's a good time. Yeah, did you know that? We actually went to Atlantic or uh, Ocean City quite a lot, the New Jersey version. So Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, growing up. You were Jersey this whole time. <laughs> yeah, when I was, yeah, certainly for a string of at least a few years, we went to Ocean City, New Jersey for our summer vacation. Interesting. Yeah, had to buy our, you know, beach pass or whatever. Yeah, you were going down the Communist. shore, <laughs> yeah. down the shore instead of down the ocean. Yeah, going down the ocean, hon. Yeah. Gonna have me some bows. Gonna watch the Oreos. Uh, All right, this, not this season. Yeah, we <laughs> should just do a whole episode in Baltimore. Oh, we should talk about. Uh, so I'd mentioned previously on the podcast that if the over/under ended up being north of sixty runs, I was going to place a large wager on the Orioles under. But uh, do you, you? I know you told me like a month ago that it came out, and what was it, Craig? I believe it was fifty-nine. 59 or 58 and a half or something so yeah it's a good line and it's not like they've done anything to change it like it's not like they've signed anybody that's no, gonna change no. it absolutely so not. i don't think it's it's going to because it's one of those things like sometimes it moves and i was like it could go up to 60 but why would it at this point maybe i'll still place a very small wager on the under but you were you were ta- talking to me like you're like i think it's gonna be like 64 and i was like dude if it's 64 it's I could, happen. yeah. I thought it was going to be like. I didn't think it was going to be sixty three, but I thought, I thought it would be like sixty one or sixty two. Yeah, but no. Wow. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, enough Baltimore chat. <laughs> so the Ocean Resort and Casino, also known as the Orc, has had more news come out about it. Uh, basically that they lost 23 million in the seven months since opening and they haven't actually been compliant with the terms of like the liquidity terms set forward by the uh, department of gaming casino control commission I think, or, but... or the casino control commission. I'm sorry. Yeah. Get it right. <laughs> so all right, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, there's, they were required to have $10 million of cash balance, $11 million of casino bankroll and $15 million this is the quote, direct access to capital and debt service reserves, which, uh, I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah, just like money that they <laughs> yeah. available to them. Have accessible, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So a total of $36 million. Uh, they notified the Casino Control Commission in mid-October that they were going to fall below that threshold and they needed that, uh, like, waived, basically. Not waived, but, you know. Yeah. They just needed approval to, to keep operating and not hit that yeah, so, threshold. So that's not good news, but that was it's under great. Bruce Dyfik's tenure. Obviously, now it's getting transferred to Luxor Capital Group. Things the, will be way different. Surely, <laughs> surely yes. <laughs> uh, the Casino Control Commission has approved that divestiture, meaning going from Dyfik to Luxor Capital, and it will stay open despite this noncompliance. So, you know, we knew it was bad. <laughs> Did so the know? $72 million they're investing is just going into the liquidity fund <laughs> and nothing is actually changing. It buys them two months <laughs> of liquidity. Uh, so, uh, did, you know, we knew it was bad. Do we know it was losing $23 million bad in seven months? I'm not surprised with the revenue numbers they've been putting up. There was a point where Revel said they were losing like a million dollars a day or something. A day or something? A day or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> So this is well, not that bad. That was like in the days where they were paying like $3 million a month to the power company oh, yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah. it was like insanity what was happening. Amazing. Yeah, it was good times. Good times all around. But, but I don't know, man. I, I hope that there's a good ending, given that we both like the property a lot. But, I mean, it's hard to see how that's going to come about. Right. I mean, they need such a 180, right? In... Yeah. I mean, and just, like, I don't know what they're going to do to get it. I mean, certainly I'm, I'm rooting for them, and I hope it happens. But I mean, we have seen, like, Golden Nugget kind of had... It's not like Golden Nugget came in and it was just suddenly this windfall. It, they really so, like, had, like, gradual growth, right? right. And even Tropicana, the same thing. Like, they improved that, and had gradual growth. good enough, though? To have like, gradual, gradual growth. Gradual growth is going to mean they're losing a moderate amount of money a month instead of, like, a ton of money a month. So in, in like seven seven months they lost like a little over three million a month. Uh-huh. So I mean if you yeah if you go from like eleven twelve million dollars of revenue to like twenty, right? But that's not gradual growth. That's like forty percent growth. Well, I mean it's gradual. I mean if you same thing if you look at <laughs> or, Tropicana you know. over the course of whatever a year two years that it took them to to get similar growth, right? Seventy five percent growth or something. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think Tropicana has grown that much. I mean, Tropicana is the success story in Atlantic City, certainly. And you know, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but but they it, haven't turned it around to that degree. I don't think. Uh, but yeah, your point stands that like they can't have like incremental growth, and you know, getting to sixteen million for them would seem like a major victory because it would be a huge percentage. It would be like 30, so 33% bad. increase. And it still would maybe make them profitable. Like, that's I, rough. I don't think so. Not with the size of that property, probably. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it's yeah. possible. So, whew, scary. I know. I, I hope, like I said, I, I love the property. I hope something turns around. And I, I hope, you know, I, I think, like, honestly, that, I don't think there's going to be a silver bullet. I think it is going to have to just have patient ownership who's willing to take a loss for a while if they see kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, they're owned by a hedge fund. So <laughs> that's not really their MO, right? It's <laughs> known for their patience with their investments, <laughs> just sitting there waiting for that slow payoff <laughs> to get like a small percentage on their investment like years down the line. I think yes, is what hedge funds are. That's what hedge funds enjoy yeah uh, 
do we want to talk about January data or should we save it for next episode and maybe do like one or two other news stories real quick? Uh, good question. Why don't we do the January data and we'll save everything else for later? Uh, okay. That's so, not what you wanted to do. No, that's fine. We can do I'm it. sensing dissension. I don't know. It's, it's good. So January data was... I feel like we've already hinted at it with the... Frankly putrid, I think, would be my assessment. So, uh, so you say putrid. The headlines were very positive. They're up twenty million dollars. <laughs> no, not twenty million. They're up twenty percent. Sorry. Yes. Over January. Yes. And nothing's changed in the yes. years. So. Surely they do not have more than twenty percent more casinos than a year ago. <laughs> I hear going from seven to nine is over a twenty percent increase. Yeah. So to be clear, the twenty percent includes online and sports betting. Also, oh, right, and also that, right? Yeah, so and online isn't something we really talk about a lot, though. I, I think there could be a lot more potential for companies to handle brick-and-mortar losses just because I think, you know, online casinos are just a thing that makes money. There's not a lot of costs involved. Right. So, Yeah, it was more like 9 or 10%, 9% for brick-and-mortar, um, which, considering that there are two new casinos going from 7 to 9 it's like 22% or something increase. Like to only be up 9% is obviously saying that, you know, as far as people actually coming and spending their money, there's not really enough to go around. And we've seen, we saw that with the brick and mortar revenue at all the casinos. Like everybody was basically down year over year from like almost 5% to right around 10%, except for Caesars. Well, sorry, Resorts was up 8.82% year over year. So Resorts, congratulations. Congratulations, you beat the $11 million you made last year yes. by making $12 million. Caesars, down 21 and a third percent. It's good. So that's really, really bad. Oh, uh, I, I'm sorry. I thought that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> so these, I mean, still in fourth place because everyone five through nine was not making very much money. No, uh, and I think it's it's you know we talked a little bit about this online, but it's truly awful. Just you know the top four, just to give the the raw numbers, it's fifty million for Borgata, uh, twenty one million for Harrah's, twenty basically twenty one million for Tropicana, and then seventeen million for Caesars, and that's just twenty one twenty one seventeen for two three four, and then it's fifteen million for Hard Rock at five. Like that's just awful. So more disappointing. Caesars down twenty one percent year over year and only making seventeen million dollars, or Hard Rock. Hard Rock is the single most disappointing number. Yeah, on the whole spreadsheet by far. Fifteen point six million dollars. Obviously, there's no January year over year because they didn't open until June. Down thirty four percent from December. Yeah, it's bad. Everybody else was in the like nine to fifteen. Well, Tropicana nineteen, Caesars twenty percent down from December. But yeah, thirty four percent. Like that's awful. And, like, this is a number that they should never hit. Yeah, they should not be making $15 million a month. I mean, you know, certainly if you'd asked us who made the brilliant prediction that they may outgain Borgata for a month. <laughs> like, do you think there's going to be a month where Hard Rock makes $15 million? Just seems crazy. Yeah. No, it's, but it's, it's ridiculous. It's awful. Here we are. Uh, well, let me I, see. I if, mean, I have uh, more faith in them long term, obviously, than... <laughs> Ocean was up four four percent over December. That's good. Their December was twelve million dollars, and they made twelve point three million dollars. So, so, so we have a bet, which is that I say that no one will go under ten, and I'm nervous yeah. about it. So, so the weird thing is, this month should have made me more confident, right? Because 
it was a bad month, but no one's even under 12, right? The problem is there are now a bunch of contenders. Like there are three casinos in the 12s, Bally's Resorts and and Ocean, whereas before my only concerns were Ocean and, and... resorts and i really felt like resorts was going to be fine and, and not hit that it was pretty much just ocean and now i'm like hmm bally's came in dead last dead last at 12.1 that's bad i mean i think bally's has a floor that i don't think they will get under like i they yeah. have enough bally's like can't base. can't make 10 million it, it has to be resorts or ocean okay. yeah i would agree with that but, Those are the only two that are capable of putting up a month under ten million. So my concern about Ocean for this month was like obviously all the news about them was bad, right? Getting sold. Mm-hmm. Who knew what the future would hold for them? And they still did better than December, so that that's a good thing. But I don't know. This news about losing twenty three million million dollars came out in February, so we'll see what this shortened yeah. month has for us. I I um. So, so just looking at her bet, it looks like the last few years, February has done better than January. Yes. So I think, you know, we were both talking about how we thought that I was the favorite after December, but I think you're the favorite now for sure, I think. And if it doesn't happen in February, it's not going to happen. Oh, no, absolutely not. Huge, unless, huge unless momentum swing for me. The only oh, way no. it could happen is if a casino announces that they're planning to close later in the year, and then I think I will win the bet. Yes, it would but, be immediate and swift. Yes. As soon as we make we've that seen, announcement. We've seen that when that announcement happens, people do not play at your casino anymore, period. Yep. Uh, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. I, I mean, I think in that case, it would be like, you know, September, right? Because yeah. nobody's closing in August. No, no, no. Yeah, people would close in after Labor Day, I would think. Right. So, but, but it, when, when does our bet, when's the official end end date of our bet? Oh, I thought this year. Ooh, or is it just through the summer? No, well, let's let's. Uh, I don't think that's in the spirit of the bet. I, I think we can say if it's by the not happened by the end of Q two, it's over. Okay, we can even say if it doesn't happen by the end of Q one, it's over because realistically, unless there's a fluke, like I said, of a casino closing down, it's if it doesn't happen by March, it's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it really feels like. Especially with this like twenty three million dollars loss in seven months, this summer's make or break for Ocean. Mm-hmm. Like if if they don't start to see some pretty good numbers, not even good, but like I don't I don't even know what those numbers would look like. But like they they can't be putting up fifteen sixteen million dollars a month in the summer uh, with a hedge fund running them. Like I just don't see how you handle that. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> So upbeat. All right. Yeah. If it makes you feel better about Hard Rock, so I'm actually looking at like the breakdown of their numbers, and it it looks like they just had like a freakishly bad month at the tables. Like they still dropped quite a bit, and if they had a normal like win percentage on that drop, it would have been more like eighteen or nineteen million that they should have gotten. Yeah, that's good. Like eighteen. That's so, better. It's not good. It's better. But it's better. It's yeah. Certainly being unlucky for them or lucky for maybe some of the big players there. It changed their outcome quite a bit, it looks like. Yeah, that's interesting. Um I mean I do wonder how much the new casinos have like a high roller issue. Like mm-hmm. being able to woo high rollers away from other casinos. Yeah. 
because it's that would explain a lot of the disappointing numbers that we've seen yeah and well looks like resorts actually had a pretty lucky month at the tables so because slots (laughs) are fairly consistent you know like they return like eight or nine percent consistently but table games seem to be all over the place yeah i'd be interested to see like for the really the casinos that do the best so like you know Caesar, I'm not Caesar, sorry. <laughs> Caesars. Borgata's Harris Tropicana. Mm-hmm. What percentage of their revenue is from tables versus slots? And is it, do they get like more table game win than other casinos do? Like percentage wise, like a bigger slice of their pie is table games because. If you're going to be in that upper echelon, you need a bunch of players coming and betting higher amounts um, rather than slot players. But I don't know. I don't know if that's... It looks like it's pretty normal. Like most casinos, it seems like it's about two and a half to one. Not Hard Rock because their numbers are all messed up this month. Mm. Uh, so Harris was more like three to one. So they have a higher slot percentage compared to table games than other casinos, which is what I would expect just thinking about them. Right. Uh, so Ocean, Ocean is like 50-50 They just Their slot Like the amount of slot play they get is horrific like That's their big problem Wow like They actually do the They do pretty well at the tables Honestly That's so interesting Wow okay so they don't get like you know The grandmas coming in playing slots yeah, they, don't, they don't have the grandmas I think that's that's wow. looks like their problem So like yeah it's almost like one to one ocean like they make basically the same amount of money on tables as slots which like i said most people it's like they make two and a half times more in slots yeah uh, the problem is resorts, no no buses going to ocean bit, like it has a bit more slots which seems right uh tropicana it's like very heavily weighted towards slots which seems right interesting yeah. we should we should write up a blog post about this data it'll never happen yeah <laughs> good talk yeah, Bally's Park Place is, like, a bit more table-heavy as well, which sounds right, because they have a lot more tables per casino space, I think, than yeah. other places. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. So it seems like the savior for January was that everybody came and bet on football playoffs, sports <laughs> betting. Yes. So not really in the numbers that we're looking at, because we're pretty much only focused on brick and mortar, but... Yep. Uh, and, I, you know, obviously... Any revenue is good revenue for Atlantic City Casinos right now, but our, I think if I can speak for you also, I, I, our reasoning is basically like that's a fleeting advantage, right? Like, Yeah, that's going to be, you know, it's only a matter of time before more states legalize sports betting, you know. I know, I think West Virginia is very close if they haven't done it already, uh, just in this area. I'm not sure exactly where Pennsylvania and Maryland are, but you know it's coming. Yeah. I don't know what the situation with New York is either. They seem to always be a bit slower. But So although it seems like online, which we assumed it was going to expand, is now maybe not going to expand so fast because Sheldon Nadelson's group is like slowing everything down. So maybe New Jersey will have the advantage for a while. Well, I hear that he has the ins with the current administration. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've heard that rumor. but I have. Anything um... else? No, I think save the rest for later. That's good enough for now. We can we can talk. Well, let's let's at least talk about Carl Icahn a little bit. I think it's worth talking about. So basically, the Wall Street Journal reported that Carl Icahn, who I believe we've talked about in the past, has taken an increasing ownership percentage of Caesar stock, is pushing them to sell themselves after 
you know, we've talked a bit about the rumors of both uh, Tillman Fertitta and Golden Nugget wanting to basically buy Caesars. And I believe there was one other case of someone trying to buy them and Caesars saying no to both of them. Carl Icahn is trying to agitate for them to actually sell themselves. Yeah, so we kind of thought that maybe this is the direction that uh, that this is going. <laughs> but interesting to see it come out so quickly. Like basically the news a couple of weeks ago was that he was buying up, trying to get like 10% or so in, in Caesars. And now he's already like, hey, you should sell. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that came out, I think just today or yesterday is that Tillman Fertitta is buying up a bunch of Caesar stock. So uh, I'll see if I can find that article to link to, but it seemed to be trying to connect the dots that like, uh-huh. hey, Fertitta is making this offer. Maybe he's going to push them to be like, you should really consider this guy. Yeah. Uh, so and, 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 and certainly that's a much more palatable merger than MGM and Caesars, which would be the most unpalatable merger that oh, I could yeah. possibly imagine. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is the other rumored one. Yeah, so I mean, uh, what what Icon's going to do is certainly, you know, come in and say like, I'm the voice of the stockholder, and I'm here to say like, all your stockholders want you to sell this property, so do it. Uh, and and, I, I and mean, basically, that seems right, right? Like rally. Well, the certainly, if I was a Caesar it. stockholder, well, first I wouldn't be a Caesar stockholder, but if I was a Caesar stockholder, I would want them to sell their, yeah. their themselves. It's just like the movie Wall Street. That's all yes. I have to say about that. The plot of one scene of the movie Wall Street. Anyways, <laughs> moving right along uh so is that it yeah, i think i think i think that's good i think that it was good that we mentioned that so, well it was still timely sure. before something else actually happens with caesars all right so thank you guys for listening if you want to join us or any of our other listeners you can do so at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win you can find all of our amazing content at do for a win.com find our podcast on itunes to google play tuning radio and not youtube reach out to craig at, on twitter at do for a win or send him questions to do for a win at gmail.com any last words craig no i think we pretty much covered it all right well thank you guys very much and we'll probably get an episode out maybe next week we'll see <laughs> see ya <laughs> Actually, my second beer is a Bud Light because it was the last one in my fridge and I was getting tired of looking at it. And it's refreshing when you're like, you know, I need something to swish my mouth with after I brush my teeth.